The following program is recommended for ages 18 and over due to adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Behind the Scenes, a look at some of the sometimes steamy inside of Hollywood with your host, Hollywood executive and former Victoria's Secret model, Summer Helene. Our program features the gossip, the dish, and the stories of what's really going on behind your favorite movies, television shows, and celebrities from the people who are involved in the industry. Now, here is your host, Summer Helene. G'day, g'day guys. Welcome to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene. We have a great show for you today. We're going to have on Spud Murphy. But for right now, we are on with your favorite person and mine, my co-host, Paul Michael Boland, talking about all things Hollywood and what is going on in the world. How are you doing, Paul? Uh, well, as always. So, what are we so, talking about today, dear? Um, we're talking about a whole bunch of things. We're going to talk about Beyonce's new baby, uh, Kardashians wanting right? babies, twins. She gave yeah, birth to her it, twins. Right? Yep, they both made it. And then yeah. uh, Kim Kardashian just hired a surrogate to have her third baby because she has uh, some placental issues. And what everyone's been tweeting me on Twitter about, Trump being sued 134 times in federal court since Inauguration Day. Mm-hmm. Do we have numbers on any of the other presidents? But uh, this guy is kind of a litigious magnet. Yeah, the highest time before that was 60 times, and that was Richard Nixon. Well, but that was once he was in office with all of the issues he was having. Um, I, I think the issue with Trump here is he's, he's kind of this crossover figure between entertainment and politics in a way that nobody else has been. And business. And that's just, it's just weird hurricane of doll hair. So, you know, I don't Yeah, and, and I think the, the best way I heard it put was Trump is the Republicans' Jimmy Carter. Democrats got fed up and went, you know what, fuck it. We're getting someone who doesn't know anything about politics because that's going to mm-hmm. help us. Let's hire Jimmy yeah. Carter. And then the Republicans did it with Trump. The difference mm-hmm. is Jimmy Carter may have been a complete tool when it came to politics, um, but at least we got Billy Beer and he was a nice guy. And I commonly refer to as Carter as the best president in my lifetime. Uh, He's the last one to break a monopoly. And if there is a definition of someone's heart being in the right place, it was Jimmy. Yeah, but he wasn't a good politician because he wasn't a politician. I'm I'm sorry. And that's what it comes down to. Here's the problem. Donald Trump is just another Jimmy Carter without the kindness. Um, I on, on an ideologies around, but yes, the the average Republican said, I'm tired of this. We want to do, and we want somebody in there just to shake things up, and that's what's happening. And But that's what, you know, the Democrats did with Jimmy Carter, and I think it's, you know, I, I guess we all have to take turns learning our lesson, but this has been um, the, the best example, the best way I can put it was uh, I do Asian distribution. And so I spend a lot of time on the phone with Asia, and I spend a lot of time setting up film there. And this, and there, there's less and less need and desire for American product. And the response I'm getting a lot of the time is, well, the current president in America is a bad 80s caricature of a pig that the world viewed America as. Yeah, and considering that all of our trade with China and stuff, it's all kind of like being changed around and up in the air right now, so yeah. Yep. So, 
But the, the example, I'm like, what do you mean the pig that the world thought America was? Please remember, I'm quoting people whose English is far better than my Chinese is. Let I've me be very clear. They refer to us the, uh, the, the, uh, the American asshole, you know. And, well, apparently that view was high in the 80s when you had all the yuppies. But it kind of calmed down, and the world got a better view of America. That 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 image went away, and I guess Donald Trump kind of had his fame in the eighties. So he is that yuppie, and he's that boorish, rude caricature of America, and that's what I'm hearing. And it was really exemplified when he shoved away the uh, the prime minister to get in front for a photo. That looked like a goof. Well, nobody else took it that way. Um, because, and I, because they're I was, choosing not to, you know. It, it's really hard. Most people don't care outside of America. And I'm not talking, right now I'm not talking about the American response. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the global response. Um, nobody cares. I don't like Theresa May. She's in charge in England. But that doesn't change mm-hmm. my view of England or the English. Um, Brexit did, believe me, because that really irritated me because it affected my business, but, you know. Um, But his behavior on a global scale has just been so boorish that it's bringing back these these negative American stereotypes. Well, I think they've been there for a while. They Uh, really died down, believe it or not, as much as everyone... It was there. It was there. There's There's a lot of places in the world that really resent us. But not to and the degree, of, but, but it's your warranted. friends that are resenting you now. It's not, once upon a time, yeah, it was enemies. Now, it's Europe, it's Australia, it's these countries you've had really good relationships with for years and years and years. And it's just got to do with such bad manners. And I find it interesting because the same thing happened to a different degree and for a different reason with Jimmy Carter. So I'm going to swing this back around. Jimmy Carter's was never because of bad manners. Let me be very clear. He's a very Uh, nice human being. But he didn't know politics. So he couldn't work on a world stage. Donald Trump not only doesn't know politics, so he can't work on a world stage. The man is a bore. And And I don't mean boring. I mean his boorish manners. And so it's this double combination that's brought back this negative American stereotype. And he spends more time in in pop culture overseas now than any other president in history has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's really easy to make fun of him. So, you know. It's not necessarily that anyone's making fun of him. It's almost like this this pity party that's being thrown for America. The responses are, well, we we, we understand he doesn't speak for America. And we're like, well, he kind of does. <laughs> Yeah, like he, he does. Yeah, he's the president. He, 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 he's, that's that's what he was elected for. Yeah. And so it's it's interesting um, to see the Australian Prime Minister, even you know, back home for me, saying, "Well, we really don't want to deal with the American president. Um, I'm I'm happy to talk to anyone, but." Right, and but uh, I got two words for the Australian uh, Prime Minister, and that's uh, tough shit. It, what else can we do? Uh, that's, well, that's actually, the, the world's kind of done that. They've really backed off. And mm-hmm. I'm finding it, America's really isolating itself in a way it hasn't. 
And it's simply because of Donald Trump's lack of know-how. And the same thing happened during the, the Carter administration. And it wasn't because of boorish manners. It was a lack of, a lack of know-how. And when you've got um, somebody that doesn't know what they're doing, you're bound to have these kind of mistakes. And for the film industry, it's, it's really detrimental because of the negative relations that have gone now on in Europe, predominantly our window to Europe for filming has gone through England. England's gone through Brexit, which means we're not going to be using them for our step into Europe anymore. We now have to renegotiate our deals and things with Europe in a different mm-hmm. way. And Europe is so mad at him that we're definitely not going to get a fair shake. And I find it interesting that... You know, it, it all of this could have been avoided with just a few good manners. Because I look at Jimmy Carter and everyone understood, at least on a global scale, that he didn't know. So, and I'm cutting out the Iran deal here because it really was um, Reagan that pulled them out. So, I'm cutting out the Iran deal when I say this. Um, the friends and allies. Oh, the Iranian hostages? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, no, they, the people who were holding the hostages wanted to make sure that it, they didn't release them. They even held them longer just so that they wouldn't release them until Reagan took office. Yeah. and and but, So I'm, I'm not talking about the hostages. But uh, on a global scale, everyone tried to be much more fair with Jimmy Carter and say, no, 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 that's not how you do this. And there was almost a pleasantness to his not understanding because people tried to help. And I see this counter with, with Trump where he's being fried in, in pop culture globally in a way that's just unheard of. Um, I mean, everyone made fun of W, mm-hmm. but even W is making fun of Trump. Right, but W was, you know, his family was, didn't the Bush family like endorse Hillary? Uh, no, they didn't endorse anyone. Hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, okay, so they definitely didn't endorse Trump, so therefore they're going to go all all after him. Uh, The Um, only thing I'd say say about the uh, 134 lawsuits is that you can sue just about anybody for anything in this country. It's whether or not they actually... uh, Have a case. Right, whether or not they have a case or whether or not the judgment of the case. Because, you know, we hear about, like, crazy lawsuits and stuff like, oh, somebody sued, like, uh, Burger King because... They didn't treat him right for half a million dollars. You know, it's like, well, yeah, but that's, did they win? No. And that's it. And a lot of these, let's say 50% of them are frivolous. But then on top of it, you have factions of the government suing Trump um, over foreign state payments to his businesses and things like that. And Mm -hmm. Ryan's, and the way Ryan stuck up for him was by saying, which brings us to the Jimmy Carter thing. Well, he didn't know any better. Um, yeah, there's a certain amount, and, and of course, how litigious you know people are these days. They, I, and I, if something does come of it, where you know I, I didn't support support uh, like Obama getting any uh, you know foreign donations. I didn't support you know how the Clinton Foundation got big time foreign money when she was still a uh, Secretary of State. So, if this is what happens in order to make sure this doesn't happen again, then okay, then this is what has to happen. I'm, I think I'm just to the point that I'm, I'm appalled with the entire thing. 
Um, you know, he now has his own email scandal for deleting emails. Um, I think, again, I think you mean the tweet thing? No, yeah, they, emails. It, he was deleting. He, but he, apparently he was sending private emails um, through software, through apps that are designed to delete them. Hmm. And, and he I was don't sending why they, emails that why way people well. would even let him have those kind of apps. I don't think you should be allowed to have a pen. So, I mean, we're all on different sides of this. He shouldn't um, be allowed. This is, this is exactly why I was, uh, you know, when Hillary Clinton deleted all those emails, and we learned that she deleted all those emails. Trump can't do that either. Yeah, I, I don't care who's, who does it. It shouldn't be done. That's, that's right. simply where I am. You're, right. you're in a position of power. Email. He's always stated that he hated emails. But he uses them. Mm. So... It, it's it's one of those he can hate it. Obviously, he's deleted them, and then he's used encrypted um, immediate deletion apps to send messages to his staffers and different things. And so he's he's getting himself in a lot of hot water. Mm. But I, I'm genuinely starting to think he thinks he's Teflon, um, and that worries me. Uh, well, I mean that that's, that is a bit of projection. Let's just let's just say that you know, i.e., there were sins of the past administrations that have been directly into this whole you know record keeping and things like that. Every you know memo, every email, that's all supposed to be a matter of public record. So if these things have to happen in order to make sure this this doesn't happen this again in the future, so be it. I I, I just want the Harris woman to run for uh, office, but um, you know Harris, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm not a fan. I like her. But I, I at this point, want anyone else to run. Oh, yeah, we're 2020. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I just want anyone else to run. Um, I really like McCain. I mean, the health care bill, we've got, we're down to six Republicans saying they're not going to vote for it, yet the guys still want to put it up. So, mm-hmm. it's going to fail. And yeah, to me, Mitch McConnell to fail, just people. looks like... They, they've so far, it, with McCain, that's six Republicans in the Senate that are not going to vote for this thing. Mitch McConnell to me just looks like an angry turtle. That's that's all I have to say about uh, him. He looks like, like an angry the, one turtle. One of the worst human beings to... on the planet. I, more, more, well, a turtle actually kind of humanizes him. I just say he's possibly one of the worst human beings on the planet. I think he looks like a saggy, snapping turtle that's trying to take health care. But okay. Um, did you hear about the? Uh, so for those that don't know, they set they put out a big story saying this wasn't true, and then they were disproven. The actor that played Superman was paid 46 times more than the actress that paid that played uh, Wonder Woman. Right. And yeah. so the studio Banana sent out a... Steel. Yeah, that was debunked. In fact, even Amy Adams made more uh, for her appearance in the first Superman movie than uh, Henry Cavill did. He did. So they debunked it that way and then turned around and as of today had to admit it was true. Um, Amy Adams did make more, but she was a known actress. They took him out for a first-time role in a superhero film. Uh, she was paid $300,000. They actually pulled it out because um, mm. somebody got a hold of the records. So after the studios went through all of that to debunk it, it turned out the whole bloody thing was true. Yeah. 
And that really, yeah, and I, I, I'm sitting there, I did a whole bunch of research. I'm like, no, they're just going to go back and forth with this and, you know, debunk well, it in different may, ways. Amy may have had that, what, what was her, uh, the, what did her back-end deal, was hers better than Henry's? No. Because hmm. she, she's a bigger she, name than Henry. That's generally how she, this, this town and works. And that was what created the shock. But her film was a lower-budget film, and they didn't expect her to do as much. What the, so uh, if, if I put the deal together, I actually would have, and I'm going to get killed by old, my feminist friends because I'm a feminist when I say this, I would have structured the deal in the same way. You don't yeah, expect pretty. Wonder Woman to make as much as Superman. You don't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you pay according to what you expect. It's wonderful that it did. So but Superman com- had a lower budget than Wonder Woman? No, no, no. Wonder Woman had a much lower budget than Superman, and people right. were paid accordingly. They were paid according oh, I to think what you, they I think thought you it would make around, as well. Because Amy Adams oh, was in the Superman movies. Oh, yes, yes, yes. No, no, no. I'm talking about uh, Gal, uh, Gal, Gal who's in Wonder Woman, yeah, versus uh, Superman. She was I'm talking about Lois Lane, I think, or uh, the other one? Yeah. So okay. Amy, Adams, Amy Adams was paid well. But cutting that out, the leads, when we talk about Wonder Woman versus Superman, Superman was actually paid substantially more than Wonder Woman, um, and everyone's making this huge deal about it being a sexist thing, but the reality is the budget for Superman was bigger, mm-hmm. there, were more name actor, there were more name actors in Superman, um, and when Wonder Woman's a lower budget film, the the lead is going to get less. It doesn't matter if it's a woman or a man. Yes, it's unfair yeah. that they expected Wonder Woman to make less because it was a female-driven superhero film. Yeah, but the reality what, Chris, is, did Chris Evans uh, get like three hundred thousand for Captain America? I think Chris Helmsworth got maybe one hundred and fifty thousand for his uh, first appearance as Thor. Uh, it's just how it works, you know. Until it, you become Robert Downey Jr., you don't get ridiculous money. That's it. And the fact that he got a better back-end deal was because they expected Superman to make more. Nobody expected Wonder Woman to make what it did. Yeah, and I really did. I didn't expect it that either myself. I also didn't expect to enjoy it half as much as I did. Yep. It's freaking fantastic. There was even a scene in there that I almost, like, yeah, I'm like, I freaking allergies. You know, it's like, oh. Uh, no, yeah. I, I get it. You want to cry? It's um, really we have to. Go, we actually have to go to break. When we come back, we are going to be on with Dr. Ross. We'll get a little more into sexism in film, but I got to say, yes, she got paid less. I don't think it's sexism. I think it's budget. Mm-hmm. I'm Summer Helene. We are on with Paul Michael Bolin, where this is behind the scenes. We'll be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. What is your purpose? In the journey that we call life, our values are pre-programmed into us before we're born. During our lives, we pick up life's lessons and soul connections along the way. We explore this path on Soul Sessions with Solstice, featuring hosts Delana Davis and Rita McRae. Our program is designed to help you more confidently live from your heart and not just your head. Tune in live for Soul Sessions with Solstice every Friday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
Where can you learn about EasyWayPromotions.com's social media marketing, brand positioning, and more? Easy Talk Live. Where can you get tuned into celebrities in the business world? Easy Talk Live. Where can you learn about entrepreneurship? Easy Talk Live. Every week, host Eric Easy Zuli and his celebrity friends talk about global causes, offer tips and tricks that you can use right now on social media, and give you the chance to promote your projects on Easy Talk Live. Every Saturday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. If you're seeking more confidence, it is time to feel good naked. Each week, host Laura Redman and her guest experts are here to help you be you. In order to truly be successful and happy, you need self-confidence, self-love, and self-respect. Feel Good Naked Radio will teach you how to embrace these qualities and make your life more fulfilling and meaningful. Listen live every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Be proud of who you really are from the inside out. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. G'day guys, welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene. We are on with Paul Michael Bowl and who you'll like better than you like me. And we are talking about, uh, actually during the break, we were talking some more about Wonder Woman and Superman, which we'll get back into later on. But right now, I'd like to welcome on your favorite doctor and mine, Dr. Ross. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Summer. Nice to be here. So I'm going to jump straight into the questions because I know we're behind on time. Um, our first <laughs> yeah, question that's us again, is, sorry. Yeah, it's us again arguing over film budgets. Um, from Tessa in Los Angeles, California, is it okay? To, is it okay to still try and lose weight while pregnant? Well, uh, I, I think during pregnancy, it's especially important to eat a healthy diet. Uh, a goal of weight loss during pregnancy is is totally subordinate to the health of the mother and the unborn, uh, and therefore healthy eating is uh, paramount. Uh, uh, This means natural foods, high in nutritive value, rich in vitamins and minerals. The Palm Springs diet is an example of, of such a diet. How do you expect to lose weight when there's something growing inside you? <laughs> exactly. I, 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 I can't imagine. I, I can't no. imagine. It's not a good time to embark on, you know, crash dieting. Uh, yeah. You've got to uh, think about the, the health of the mother and the unborn uh, at that point. And yeah, that's I, a Whoever thought. said that should have a serious conversation with their pediatrician or obstetrician. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. That's a pretty much of a airtight sort of a, a, a situation. I, I I would discourage that. <laughs> yeah, I, I gotta go with you guys. I think I'm in a little shock on that one. Um, yeah. And I uh, want to I mean, point when, out when women actually have the baby, they don't say, "Look, I lost so much weight." No, they look say, "Hey, look, here's a baby. 
know. Yeah, it's 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 worth it just to have the baby. Take I can't yeah. have babies, so take it from someone that can't enjoy your baby. Have your baby. Don't worry about that. Um, but I, I got to say, we get a lot of questions like that. Um, our next question: What if I'm traveling? How can I still stay on track? From Frederick in Palm Desert, California. So that's oh. one from right near you. Local boy. Uh, your diet or, or what you eat uh, doesn't take a vacation, even if you do. Uh, uh, you, you may have a lot of challenges scheduling travel, in addition to being in a strange place. Uh, the desire to try new foods, those kind of things. Exactly. Yeah. Instead of looking to uh, replicate your home diet, expand your horizons, try eating like the locals. I know this can be difficult. I remember a trip I took uh, to Africa and uh, saw the locals eating these, these giant crispy larvae. And uh, uh, it's a local delicacy, but I couldn't bring myself to eat it. But there were other dishes uh, like the Congo River shrimp, uh, manioc leaves. Uh, they were just delicious uh, there's also poulet mambo or mambo chicken. Um, that's mambo sauce is a concoction of peanut and orange, cornstarch, hot sauce, paprika. Uh, it's just it like a delicious. secret sauce, kind of like a Chinese uh, uh, sweet and sour sauce. But uh, uh, expand your repertory. Uh, but know what, but know what to eat at the same time. Uh, That's really you know, good advice. Be prepared to and diet prepare. when you come when you return. So, like that. All right, and then how many calories do I need to eat each day? Do I need to ca- calorie count everything from Jess into Como, Washington? Well, I I, I find that uh, calorie counting is a bit uh, old school. Uh, there's no need to count calories uh, if uh, you're adhering to a healthy diet. Uh, if you want to track metabolic parameters, nutritional parameters, I'd suggest shifting to the glycemic index, glycemic load of foods. Uh, these track the uh, obesogenic properties of foods so that you know, well, this, this is something I shouldn't eat because it's going to uh, make me gain weight. And, uh, I, I believe your diet isn't about uh, counting calories. It's about eating the right calories. Yes, that's right, Paul. And, and, and so in the book, uh, the Palm Springs Diet book, there are tables with uh, glycemic loads. Uh, something might really taste sweet, but uh, it doesn't cause your blood sugar to go up. Like fruits are a good example of that, but... Uh, something like a candy bar, uh, that'll cause your blood sugar to really shoot up, and uh, that's a cause of weight gain. That's really cool. I didn't know that. So check your glycemic index. I of like the that. foods that you're eating. Oh, of, of the foods that you're eating. Check the glycemic index of the foods that you're eating. And I'm just... You can Google that as well. So if you're eating a food that's not in uh, Dr. Russ's book... There is Google, guys. So make sure to get a copy of Dr. Russ's book so that you can stay healthy and lean and gorgeous. Get a copy of the Palm Springs Diet. Head on over to Amazon.com. You can go to AuthorHouse.com or you can go to KennethRussMD.com. 
And we are giving away a copy of the Palm Springs Diet, courtesy of Dr. Ross. Dr. Ross, which was your favorite question today? I like the uh, question about the pregnancy, Summer. I I think Um, it's important that that person uh, think about what they're doing. As Paul said, see see their obstetrician about, uh, for, you know, more size guidance. Uh, yeah, uh, ladies, you're going to put on weight during a pregnancy. Sorry. Mm-hmm. It's worth it. You get a baby out of it. And, yeah, you get know, a human. I, I, you get a human, exactly. Let's worry yeah. about that human. Um, so courtesy of Dr. Ross, we are going to send you a copy of the Palm Springs Diet. Um, please refer to that. Have a happy and healthy pregnancy. And and don't 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 do anything. Don't mess with your body, please. Yeah. Just read the Palm Springs Diet, Tessa. You'll feel a lot better. Doctor Russ, thank you so yeah. much for being on the show. Well, I, I'm happy to uh, share my knowledge uh, with your listenership. I, I think there's a a shortage of uh, uh, what I would call scientifically uh, based information out there, and. Uh, I'm glad to share what I know with with your listeners. So yeah, it's kind of the wow, wow, what's the bullshit out there? So yeah, it it really is. So it really helps you being on here. Thank you so much, Doctor Russ. You're welcome, Summer. You're welcome, Paul. Bye bye, guys. When we come back, we are going to be on with Spud Murphy, talking about all things funny, and we will get back a little bit into the inequality of pay in Hollywood and how absolutely it exists but not in the case that everyone's flipping out about. I'm Summer Helene. We are on with Paul Michael Boland. That was the wonderful Dr. Ross uh, talking about all things healthy. This is Behind the Scenes. We'll be right back. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you a pet parent? If so, you'll want to stay up to date on the latest tech gadgets and advances for your canine or feline friend. With a ton of apps, websites, tech toys, and more, you'll want to be in the know when it comes to the real treasures and the duds. For that information, listen for Pet Lover Geek with host Lorian Clemens. We test and discuss what's hot and what's not on the pet front, so you'll be better informed. Tune in Saturdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Variety. What defines your success? Is it success in your business? Success in your personal life? Is it more money? Is it meaningful relationships? How about your passion? Listen for Taking Care of Business with host David Wallach. David's guests share their challenges and what they did to overcome them. What if you can let your passion for success lead you to your success? Taking Care of Business is broadcast live every Tuesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time and 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on voiceamerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back Behind the Scenes. G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene. We are on with Paul Michael Bolin, who you all like better than you like me. And we have Spud Murphy on the show. You guys wanted him back. I got him back. G'day. Welcome Ahoy. to the show. Hello, everyone. Hello, Summer. Hello, Paul. Hello. So we were talking um, during the break about your, your wife and pregnancy and all of that. So you had <laughs> yeah, yeah. a different take on the weight loss, uh, the weight <laughs> loss question. Yeah, my wife was getting really pissed off at me when she was pregnant because, well, you know, normally women get pregnant with their men when they're, or get annoyed with their men when they're pregnant anyway. But she was getting extra annoyed at me because as she was putting on weight, I was losing weight because I had no one to drink beer with in the evenings. <laughs> so I was losing my beer belly and she was getting this gigantic belly. Sorry, honey, you're going to be listening to this to, uh, listen to the recording. Yeah, you're not going to uh, pay for this uh, one later at all. <laughs> Ah, uh, fuck it. Uh, I'm in trouble now. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I lost, but but as soon as she had the baby, then I I celebrated like crazy, and I got my beer belly back. So yeah, I'm pretty proud of it here again now. Uh, so she then she lost the pregnancy weight, and you got the beer belly back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we we established our yin and yang again. You know, equilibrium, <laughs> all good. You know. You just trade. I always hear stories about uh, women having getting pregnant and men putting on sympathy weight. <laughs> no, I, you know what? It, even even if if I hadn't lost the, the the even if I hadn't stopped drinking, I would have probably lost weight anyway. Because she was sending me to like the shop at like ridiculous o'clock, like at one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> we have this we have this twenty four hour bakery in my housing estate, and she's like, "I need a fruit cake. Get me a fruit cake." I'm like, "Oh." God, okay, I'll go, I'll go. Because you can't win an argument with a pregnant woman, and, and you don't even want to win it, because you're just going to end up paying for it anyway. So it's, it's just nine months of, you know, just suck it up, you know, just just just, just, just do it. Just yeah. tuck your towel between your legs and, and yeah. uh, do whatever you're asked. Exactly. Yeah, no, it, it, it makes sense. I find it interesting, um, the, the view that people have in media on pregnancy and on getting the body back and this and that. And women in Los Angeles are terrified of having babies. Uh, my assistant, Alexis, wants to be a surrogate, um, but she will, she's she got very strange parameters. She'll only do it for free, meaning she won't accept money for it because she doesn't feel like selling a baby. Um, and she and she won't do it for models because she's been contacted by all of these models that want to have a baby for themselves and their boyfriend or themselves and their husband, but they don't want to lose their body. Well, I, I that's that's I, I I don't I honestly don't know what to say to that. That that's nuts. I can't believe it. Uh, I don't know. Like you have to ask yourself then, like, would I have a baby? 
Yeah, I think I would. I'd go through it. Fuck it. I mean, I've had tattoos. That that's pain. You know, I I can that, stand that up. That is very different pain. I I've, I've never had a baby <laughs> myself. Let me. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna preface it with I've never had a baby. Um, but I've been in with friends of mine having babies. I've had a lot of friends that have done that, which is part of what, you know, scared me out of baby. No, I'm kidding. Um, it was what scared me out of babies. Um, that just, Jesus. I mean, it, I mean, it looks like some alien ripping through the nether regions. I, I don't know where everyone gets it. It's this blessed event. My friend's husband fainted and he ended up in the hospital and they spent more time trying to take care of him. Because he was a very well-known actor, and she, you know, and she's his wife. She's not very well-known. She's, you know, so she's not in the industry. He is. So he faints, hits his back on the table where they've got all the instruments, hits the floor. Everyone's all over him, trying to make sure he's okay. Get him in a hospital bed. She's now by herself with this baby. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes when um, I have some like friends on Facebook and social media and stuff, and they. They're all into this, you know, uh, I'm going to come across like a complete asshole now. All this kind of motherhood and wellness and all this kind of hocus pocus stuff. And they put up, you know, the, these videos of the miracle of childbirth and all that kind of crap. So that what I do then is I go to YouTube and I look for some farming videos of like cows and pigs and sheep giving birth. And then just link that right underneath their miracle of childbirth and say, well, it's the miracle of pig birth. You know, it's the same. <laughs> and yeah, so I don't know. <laughs> but it's, it's not a miracle it's like it's like we were talking with Beyonce there a few minutes ago and it's like you know there was this big team but Beyonce had twins who it's like it's almost like she's the first woman to ever have babies it's like ah come on it's you're not the first woman in the world to ever have kids and it's it's brilliant that you had kids but like so has almost every other woman that's ever existed before you uh, yeah you know? we wouldn't be <laughs> so yeah exactly it's like, oh, motherhood, da, 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 da. It's like, oh, calm down, calm down. Mother, it's cool. It's cool that you're a mom now, but relax and stop taking Instagram photos of every single moment of the kid's development. I think you miss out on it by doing that. I think you really miss out on your children's childhood by worrying so much about documenting it. Um, yeah, I have. I, like, I, uh, <laughs> sorry, go ahead. Oh, I've, I have a cousin of mine that's a photographer. And she'll, she, believe me, she documents. She's a professional photographer, so that damn camera's always in her hand. If there is a leaf blowing, she's got a photo of it. I don't think the woman <laughs> walks around, and it's a big camera. Like, you know, she's, she's yeah. a professional photographer. Her name's uh, Lisa Jamison. She's really good. If you guys get a chance, check her out online. Um, she does a lot, of fam uh, a lot of photos. She does a lot of natural light, that sort of thing. But her and her husband have this rule of one day a week she gets to document so she doesn't miss out on their vacations and miss out on what they're doing. Okay. That's cool. Um, that makes sense. Otherwise know? she'd spend her whole life because her business is behind this camera. Her life is behind this camera. She'd miss uh, out on it all. Makes sense. It's like, I mean, before, before uh, I got the call from you, I was watching a uh, radio header performing at Glastonbury tonight. Well, tonight, my time. So I was watching that and you just, you, you see these crowd shots and it's just loads of people with their phones uh, video on it's like no you're at radiohead it, they're celebrating 20 years of okay computer just fucking just enjoy the gig put down your phone and just have a good time you know because like, oh, nobody ever watches back these films of gigs 
nobody watching them back because the sound is terrible if you record on your phone a, a live concert. And it's yeah. just, oh, man, I would give Atten to, 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 to be at a concert like that. And then it's just people with their, you know, iPhones. Uh, I'm recording Radiohead instead of enjoying it. Uh, it's ah. it's enjoy it, and now you see the phones up instead of lighters. I remember when yeah, everyone yeah. would hold up lighters. Now you just see phones. Yeah, which is infinitely more safer. It, it may be, <laughs> yeah, that's valid. Valid. There's less hair being set yeah, on fire. Yeah, I remember seeing Eric Clapton back in like 1989, and I saw the lighters went up, and he was doing wonderful tonight. At about two minutes into the song, I saw little puffs of flame going up over parts <laughs> of the freaking thing. So, you know, phone, much better, much better. Open but flame, big are... crowd, let's go with the phone. It's fine. All right, I'll, I'll go with you on the phone there, Paul. That is a very valid point. But I, I agree with Spud. It's everyone's missing out. You're missing, and I wouldn't miss a Radiohead. Um, I went to, I, I love going to like Mayhem and Not Fest, and I, I like heavy metals. So I like going to those concerts, and then you see all of these people there, and that's it. They're just, they're sitting there and they're recording with their phones. I see people in mosh pits with their phones out, which I just think is insane. <laughs> like, so you're going to record yourself in a mosh pit. I don't care what kind of screen protector and case you have on that phone. You're not going to have a phone by the end of the night. <laughs> I don't know. Well, if, if you have like a GoPro strapped to your chest or one of those, you know, those, those new cameras that do the three, 360 view, if you want them strapped to your head or something, that, now might that would be cool. good. That would be good. <laughs> that, might, that might survive. But, you know, if you're, if you're the person with your iPhone out at this concert, you're an idiot. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. We used to, uh, we, we were terrible when we used to go to lots of concerts. We used to, uh, <laughs> we used to rip off people's shoes when they were, um, when they were crowd surfing. So, <laughs> yeah, we'd just take their shoes and just throw them as far as we can. And one time, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, I got in big trouble for it one time, but uh, I survived. I was okay. Don't, yeah, so the lesson is don't actually steal people's shoes. It's a bad thing. Yeah, You're learning don't. from my experience here. <laughs> don't get that person. <laughs> so the moral of the story is don't take phones into mosh pits and don't steal shoes. Don't steal other people's shoes. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great, great moral there. So I ended I'm, up having to give the, this guy chased me down. I ended up having to give him my shoes, and I had to walk home. It, no, no, um, yeah, no shoes. It was fun. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm gonna guess he was mad. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was a little bit uh, upset, right? But understandably, I was being a dickhead, you know. Uh, I, I'll, I'll, I'll take that on the chin. I literally did take that on the chin. I deserved it. <laughs> yeah, great. Anything that starts with "I literally did take it on the chin" is not a good day. <laughs> ah, it's okay. You live and learn, you know. Look, like today, today, today was a mad day for me because I went to the bank to put in some money. Uh, and uh, either I got the money wrong or they got the money wrong, but I came out of it and I had 200 quid more than I should have. So, woohoo! You know? That's good. Yeah, it was very good. And then I had some lessons this evening. I do a little bit of teaching English still, and, and the woman had some uh, homemade uh, like strawberry cake. So I'm like, t I'm like, I should have done the lotto today. This is like my fucking luckiest day ever. You got, you got cake and money. I got cake and money, you know? The, and the Radiohead was on TV. Now I'm talking to you guys way over California. It's, 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 it's insane. It's what a Friday. It's awesome. <laughs> it's a good Friday today. Today is the day you should have played, played the lotto for sure. Oh, I know, I know. It's still too late though. 
It's not? Well, I don't know. What time is it there? I know. It's like one. Yeah, no, it's late. It's quarter to two where I am. But I, I can't find it on the internet, you know. <laughs> so it's it's late, late where you are. Now you, yeah, have, yeah. You, now, you have your show. Would you tell us a little about your show? Yeah, so I do a, a podcast uh, called The Comedy Cast, where I speak to stand-up comedians from all over the English-speaking uh, world. So it's mostly uh, it's mostly Irish, UK, and, and North American as well. But uh, uh, what, what, what I really like to do, and what I've been doing lately, is I've been trying to find people who, who set up comedy clubs in non-English-speaking countries. So like uh, the latest podcast that came out was a guy... Uh, from Sacramento who moved to China and he set up a comedy club in China and he ran that successfully and now he's back in New York so I really enjoy speaking to people about stuff like that I think it's really cool to go somewhere and you know bring comedy somewhere I think it's really really cool What got you into comedy? Uh, You know uh, I don't know No I know I do know actually it's because um, just a a lot of the podcasts comedy podcasts I was listening to, I wasn't really happy with them because it was a lot of, oh, there was a lot of like comedians speaking to other comedians and there's a lot of like, you know, in jokes, name dropping and stuff like, um, bullshit. Uh, no, 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 a lot, yeah, a a lot of bullshit. <laughs> kind of like there was one, there was one guy I spoke to a while ago and, and he said he, he, he's, he's gigging and living and gigging in California and he said it's kind of like you listen to these podcasts and nobody will ever say a bad thing about somewhere you know it's like oh yeah I gig there oh yeah I know that place it's a great room da 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 which like that's that they only say that when the microphone is on but what do they really say when the microphone is off and so I I, I kind of started the podcast because I wanted to come at it from a more kind of no, it sounds kind of wanky, but a, a kind of journalistic point of view because I want to get to know what makes comedians really tick and you know why they think the way they think and and kind of are there any kind of unifying factors uh, of comedians? You know, like is there are, are there certain personality traits that people do share? And I kind of find that there's only a couple. I, th- <laughs> I, I, I I thought that I'd find a lot more uh, manic depressives than I found, and um, I think really the one thing I found that does unify comedians is a kind of determination, and it's it's two kind of two types of determination. There's a ter- determination to succeed, but also there's this kind of uh, what I call it call it a kind of noble determination, and it's that they want to they want to give the crowd a good night. And you don't really find that with musicians. Musicians are like, no, we want to challenge our audience. You know, we try to make a different album, blah, blah, blah. Whereas a comedian is like, you know, if they have a bad night, then like they want to get back on stage as quickly as possible to right that wrong and make sure that the next time they're in front of an audience, they want to give them a good time. So, I mean, I think that's really, really cool. I like that. I think the only comedian I've ever heard of that wasn't like that was Gabriel Iglesias, who ends up drunk at the end of every show. <laughs> they actually have to edit his Netflix shows and cut off the ends. Lovely. Because he ends up so drunk by the end of it that it's just him sitting there bullshitting with the audience. Like, is he one of those guys who, like, he knows his set so well that he can do it just off his skull? No. <laughs> like, Oh. There is the problem. No, he he doesn't. Yeah, I'm going out out saying it on this for people, you know, because I'm on, like on drugs like all day long. That does not help your creativity. <laughs> no, no, no. 
No, it's just I've heard of, I've heard of some people who like they 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 show up at a club. They'll have you know I don't know five, six, seven, eight beers. They, they'll be pretty drunk by the time they get up and do their set. But when they get up and do their set, they completely nail it because they just it's rehearsed and they know it so well. But when then they just kind of come off stage and then they fall around the place again. They can just get in that zone for the thirty minutes or forty minutes that they're on stage and everything's fine. But then they get off stage and then they're it's the fucking roaring alcoholic again, you know? Shouldn't laugh. Or the, or the other side of that coin, they were too drunk to realize they sucked. Yeah, that's, that happens a lot yeah. too. No, uh, Gabriel Iglesias, he's a very, very popular comedian. Uh, no, it's, it's not a matter of handling his alcohol. He just goes straight off the cuff and dicks around with the audience. Because he's ah, tossed. Okay. Goes off yeah, his yeah, set. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and tends to get a little belligerent and grumpy. Okay. I see. So, but yeah, he is one of the most popular off. comedians here. Uh, that's funny. I, I was telling you about um, a guy from around your your neck of the woods somewhere, uh, Liam uh, Liam Brunley. Uh, when I was talking to you before, uh, he, he's amazing. I really, really love this guy. He's uh, he was a WWF wrestler back in the day. Then he um, he had the, he set up these uh, gyms. Uh, he ended up doing time for something for, for something and, and then he ended up being like a an enforcer for the mafia he got out of prison he got involved in some other stuff and now he's a stand-up comedian and he's um you see this guy he's this huge giant of a man he's, he's huge he's like 230 pounds is that that was that make sense and and but his comedy is is just like uh, it's all these like really really witty witty uh, one liners and stuff and uh, you you guys should check him out he's absolutely brilliant and he, he's gigging kind of all over LA there now as well he's he's really making a go with the comedy and I, I think he's going to be pretty big now. Well, I think Alexis, uh, my my assistant, for those that don't know, Alexis is the woman I'm always arguing with in the background. Um, is is actually going to give him a call and we were going to have a chat with him. Because that, that, that really got him. my interest. Now, yeah, what you, catches, you what gets your interest in a comedian? What gets to you? What catches you? Oh, I don't know. Um, I to explain. Uh, I just, uh, when I'm researching them, I just try and um, try and find as much material as I can, watch their, their videos on YouTube or try and get some audio recordings. And if there's, if they... It's just if if they're original, really, that's what it is. If, if if someone's original and has a different take on things, that's when I want to want to speak to them. Or or in the case with with, with Liam, Liam just had a really interesting backstory. So uh, I actually found Liam through Instagram, and I and I saw like his back. He has his profile. It's like I'm a comedian, uh, a former biker, former um, WWF wrestler, former mafia. Enforcement. I was like, Jesus, I got to talk to this guy. And I mean, I'm telling you, like I told him when I, when I interviewed him, was like, if I was living over in Hollywood, I, I would be at his house every day, just just ghostwriting his book because he's just got this amazing story, you know. I see. I see a film in there. That's that's what Absolutely. my brain goes. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. So like, I'm I'm making sure to stay in touch with him, you know. Yeah, just because he's one of those guys you look at and go, he has a future. Yeah, now, absolutely. so I. I I'm going to take it that means you wouldn't have George Lopez or one of the guys who's kind of known for ripping off everyone else's comedy. That's not your... 
Well, I'd have them on, but as as long as they let me ask them, you know, hard harder <laughs> kind of questions. Like I'd love to. to there's a, there's a particular Irish comedian I'd love to get on, and I'd love to say to him, "Man, why are you stealing people's fucking jokes? What's your problem? You're you're actually really talented. You don't need to steal them. Why are you doing it?" But uh, yeah, he's he's not answering my emails or, or, uh, or probably because Summer, you would you ask him why. Summer, are you confusing George Lopez with Carlos Mencia? Oh, no, they both do it. George Lopez just got oh, in trouble for it. okay, I haven't heard that Carlos about George. Carlos Mencia is worse. George Lopez was just the most recent, but Carlos Mencia is the absolute worst. He steals everyone's stuff. And Amy Schumer is a lot of for that these days, too. Yeah, she is, but I like Amy Schumer. Uh, Schumer got in trouble for because her writers were stealing stuff. Yeah. It wasn't it wasn't her, wasn't it? And it's like, hey, you know, you know, Louis gives out about people stealing his jokes, like, Dennis Leary made the, wrote the asshole song based on uh, something Louis had said, and also Louis uh, Louis had that big thing with what's his name Dan Cook. But the thing uh, is, Louis fucking Louis is a fucking hypocritical man because like Louis steals jokes from his kids, <laughs> you know? It's crazy. <laughs> He's like, yeah, people are stealing my jokes. Like, man, you steal your stuff from your kids and you say it. Like, shut up. <laughs> I think it's. I but think I love Louis. I love Louis. Louis, Louis is amazing. He's Louis is the good. Best. He's the best that, that, that's out there at the moment, you know. I think it's funny. I think uh, years and years and years ago, someone made a crack about George Carlin stealing jokes. And George Carlin said, There's no joke that hasn't been told before. We just find different ways to tell the goddamn joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to. It's, you can't disagree with that. Like, it's true, you know? Well, it's, it's also said by George Carlin, so you can't disagree with George Carlin because I'm pretty sure that's a cardinal sin. <laughs> exactly. It, it really yeah. is a cardinal sin to disagree with George Carlin in any way. Yeah. <laughs> Who is your favorite comedian? Who inspires you? Uh, uh, I, I suppose um, from Ireland, Tommy Tiernan would be my favorite comedian. Um, he's just brilliant. He just really encapsulated, just encapsulates the, the Irish... Uh, voice of comedy, you know, it's just he just shows that we're all completely fucking messed up, but but we enjoy it, you know. But and then I suppose from America, yeah, no, it has to be Louis, George Carlin as well. Um, who else do I love? Well, I love Tommy Cooper. Uh, he's he's pretty old. It's very kind of slapsticky stuff, but that was great. I mean. And, and I, I really like just finding new and original comics as well, you know. It's just, uh, I'm, I'm just a big fan of, of, of comedy on many, many different types of, of stand-up comedy. I really enjoy it, whether it's, you know, someone doing like a, a funny rap or some poetry or someone singing a, a song or whatever. I'm just into it. Just anything that makes me laugh somewhere, really, you know. I like that. I, I got to tell you, John Schultz on uh, the Twitter feed... Uh, put wrote down. He said, "Favorite uh, Irish comedian hashtag Mr. Potato Head." So <laughs> ev- <laughs> the, it, it's definitely gone an interesting way now. People are uh, go- going through uh, Irish stereotypes for their favorite um, favorite Irish comedian now. So, guys, if you look, you can find <laughs> Spud Murphy on Twitter. So you can tweet this stuff to him, not me. <laughs> <laughs> of course you can. You're very so- welcome to. What is what is your Twitter? Uh, you can get me. Uh, I have to. Oh my God, I'm uh, forgetting my, my my Twitter. You can get me. Uh, just 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 search for Spud 
Comedy Cast, and you'll find me there. You'll find you the can Comedy find, Cast uh, You can find him at Spudcast, at S-P-U-D-C-A-S-T, on Twitter. Where yeah, can and they- and if, if you go to thecomedycast.com as well, you'll see that the links for all my social media stuff, so Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, they're all on thecomedycast.com. They're just on the left-hand side of the page. You can get me there. And, and, and go to my YouTube channel as well, because uh, since we spoke last summer, I actually started, I've started doing uh, video versions of the podcast. So you can watch me as I interview some uh, really awesome comedians from all over the world. That's fantastic. I'm going to have to come check out your, uh, your uh, YouTube now. And your cool, YouTube, cool. Is, is your YouTube on link up there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The link, they're, all, they're all linked on, on thecomedycast.com, yeah the podcast and so for those that listen in i know we're getting to the end of the show i will um put links to spud murphy his comedy cast and everything on our social media so you guys can get to him thank you so much for being on the show ah take it easy summer thanks summer. goodbye see you Paul. thank you so so much for being on here and i do want to give a shout out uh, i know i didn't get through our sponsors list today but i do have to say whoever wrote the mr potato head joke you're a dick um but it was funny <laughs> I'm somehow in. This is behind the scenes. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to Spud Murphy. Guys, check him out. He has a wonderful, wonderful podcast. Very, very nice man with very, very funny people. Very funny man. Check it out. You'll enjoy yourself. I'm Summer Helene. We're on with Paul Michael Boland. We'll be back next week. This is behind the scenes. Thanks for checking out the show. Behind the Scenes can be heard live on the Voice America Variety Channel every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific. Be sure to join Summer Helene for more Scoop next week.